Hello, and welcome to the Apostolic Church Liverpool podcast. We hope the message you're about to listen to will inspire you, will be a blessing to you, and give you perspective in life. For more of such messages, you can visit our website at www.tac-lona.org.uk. You can also access other messages and resources from our YouTube channel, The Apostolic Church Europe. We hope you're blessed and inspired by today's message. God bless you. Here's the message. I'd like to thank uh, the pastors and the presbytery and the entire church for giving me the opportunity to share with us today. And my prayer is that God will speak through me and God will speak through you as well. Uh, so that at the end of this, we'll all be edified and God will be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes, we, we, last week, uh, Pastor took us through, through prayer and fasting to prepare, our, to prepare us for the prayer and fasting. And, um, but we see on uh, the book of Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. So we go back to two weeks ago when we are led by Edafatukasi. And the topic he talked about was uh, um, um, that we should not faint. We do not faint. We do not faint. So what he talked about in that was uh, that we have a glorious ministry. We have a reason not to faint. The reason being that we have a glorious ministry. And secondly, that we have a valuable treasure. And third, we have a confident faith. And fourth, we have a future hope. This was Paul. This was why Paul was more than a conqueror. And every believer in Jesus Christ has this. You have, you have it, I have it. We have this marvelous position too. So we, our belief compels us to behave in a certain manner. For example, a terrorist, a terrorist mind has been he has been indoctrinated. He has been, he has been programmed to behave in a certain way. That ideology, that belief in him is what motivates him in, in whatever he does. That can show, that also shows in his actions when, when he goes about to terrorize lives. Judaizers have motives for their belief in the gospel, and it is for their own selfish purposes. Likewise, Christians have some motives for believing in the, on the Lord Jesus Christ. So that believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, because they have found Jesus Christ in them, they have found love, they have found everlasting life, they have found peace, they have, they have found everything they need in life in him. That is a motive, that is the motive 
why they can go to any length to make others know the same Jesus Christ that they have found. That is the motive. Remember, we were talking for we we're talking about the motive for ministry. Second Corinthians, for we have not, for we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as sincere, but of sincerity, but as of God in the sight of God, speak we in Christ. So this is, this second Corinthians is talking about uh, these Judaizers that live a fake life, that, that, that speak the word in order for, to, for their own benefit. They glorify themselves rather than God. That's Second Corinthians two seventeen. Second Corinthians four four verse four. Please, please, if uh, stop me at any point uh, if, to ask any questions, please. But we have renounced the hidden things of the honesty that not waiting in. Not waiting, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's to every man's conscience in the sight of God. So let's start breaking this down. Our Christian ministry is to persuade sinners to be reconciled to God. Next slide. The motives for serving God should be true and pure, while our conduct should be absolutely above board. The Christian worker must have the right motive for ministry as well as the right message. In this session, Paul stated three accept, acceptable motives for ministry. One, the fear of the Lord. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse nine to thirteen, and, sec, and second, the above, the above for the love for Christ. Second Corinthians five, fourteen to seventeen, and the last is the commission of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 to 21. Next slide, please. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For we must appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade other, but we are known to God. And I hope it is known also to your conscience. So what Paul is saying here is that, 
Okay, it's still going. Okay, we are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the, in the heart. 13, for if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are, are in our right mind, it is for you. So what Paul is saying here is that, first of all, the fear of the law. We labor, that is, this means we are ambitious. Paul was ambitious. He wanted to see Jesus Christ. This is an ambition that is selfish, selfless, and worldly. This means, this means we are ambitious. This is an ambition that is selfless, selfish, and worldly. But there, but there I also a holy ambition that honors the Lord. There is also a holy yes. ambition typography. There is also a holy ambition that honors the Lord. So the, Paul was ambitious, and then this ambition he had was a holy ambition. Ambition to please the Lord. Ambition to to know God and know the power that resurrected Christ because he has felt the love of God in his heart. He has received Christ and he, know, he now knows that this Christ he has received is real. So, but there are also other ambitions in life, worldly ambition. The Judaizers had that worldly ambition in them, ambition that does not uh, glorify God. Paul's great ambition was to be well pleasing to Jesus Christ. The Judaizers ministered to these men and glorified and gloried in themselves. But Paul ministered to please Jesus Christ alone. Galatians, Galatians 1, verse 1, chapter 1, verse 10. Therefore, I do not, for do I not persuade men or God? It's a question. Or do I seek to please men? Another question. For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of God. He's saying here that if he now please men, that he should he, he is not serving God, he's not doing the will of God. It's, it's, it, that is, if it, to persuade men, that is. Uh, you know, to, to praise men, to, to, to put men first before everything. That if he does that, he's not pleasing God and he's not a servant of God. Next line. See, a man pleasing ministry is a kind is a kind of compromising ministry and God cannot bless it. God cannot bless such ministry that is that pleases men. At home or away, this means that whether Paul is still alive, alive, that's at home means in this body, or dead, it means it means away from the body. You see, you see, me, 
that whether Paul, Paul means that, that whether Paul is still alive, when, when alive, when Christ returns, what counts is that why he still, why he still have time, we, he should, he will make every effort to please the Lord. So away or at home means that why he still have his breath in him, why he still in this flesh and blood, still dwelling in this body. He should try and make every effort to please the Lord. The bottom line should be to please God. Away when he's dead and gone. Praise God. Hallelujah. Pastor Lars, put his hand up. Thank, thank you, sir. Uh, the first part of, of this first point on the fear of the Lord as a motivation for what we do as Christians, our ministry in that sense. Um, it just occurred to me as you were sharing that, um, well, the question Sister Mary asked came back to mind, and now Pastor wrapped it up with that yeah. scripture on yeah. the woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And, and I'm, I'm beginning to then see that in the sense of the fact that all the things that that woman was said to poetically do, she was doing it because she had an ambition. And that ambition is not selfish, it's selfless. And then drawing that back to us to say, it's, it's okay to be ambitious in the same way that Paul was knowing that everything that we do in this body, everything that we do in the service of God, everything would earn us a reward eventually, a reward that God himself will single-handedly hand over to us, as it were. So it's something to to fear God for is something to keep in mind, to be excited about, but at the same time, to, to be cautious about, in a manner of speaking, to, to motivate us, knowing that the God, the almighty God that we serve, is actually watching us, is actually keeping record, knowing that at the end of it all, there's something that we are looking forward to. So yeah, I just, it's tied together both things that we were saying before, and I thought to spotlight it. Thank, Thank you very much. And very that also, in fact, what also comes to my mind also, in addition to what Pastor just added, was the question that engineer asked the last, I think, three weeks ago about yeah. can we question the, you know, when Paul was saying that he has no responsibility directly to tell them about some of these actions that he reported to God. And the question came out, can pastors be unquestionable? Can you go and question? And I think that also tie up with those questions now because what we are seeing here is this that we is working and we all are working for a particular purpose where work our employer is Jesus is the one we are working for and he what he sees is different from what men see he sees the reasons behind the actions that we do the, the things behind it, the justification. And if the sole reason, the common denominator is not love, because love is the foundation of everything. If that common denominator is not there, then it means that all the work is, that's why if you read further, he said, we all come to the beamer seat, to the judgment seat of Christ. And that is where the reason,
reason and the justification and the idea behind everything we do will be tested. And if it is not founded on love or what he himself has directed us to do, it will be born by fire. You'll be saved, but that, that will not be reward for those things that we do. And also, that also tie up with the things with Hebrews uh, 6.10. And I like that Hebrews 6.10 because every time people do things, that's the thing, the Bible passage that comes to mind and I say to them. But it says there that God is not unjust. You can read that and read that again. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him. How did you see him and show him that love? As you have helped his people and not just help them one time and continue to help them. That's what the Bible says there. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have showed his people and you continue to show them. So what am I saying? I think just tying up what I'm saying and what Pastor just told us now is to be encouraged that that's nothing that we do. Men may not see it. People may not see it, but God sees it. We will be rewarded. Everything, that's when the Bible says that, see, is that you build up your treasure in heaven where moat and rot cannot affect it. That is what he said. You are banking it. You are banking it. The righteousness of the righteous will, will speak for him at the right time. So that's, I just want to use that to encourage us because that's every smallest thing that you do, the Lord sees it and everything will be rewarded. Praise God. Amen. Thank Hallelujah. you. Yeah. Thank you. No, it wasn't me. It was uh, Precious that asked questions. So hey, sister, sister Precious, go on. What's the difference between of the Lord and being scared of the Lord, and are they different of the world? Okay. Now, the can you can you can you repeat the question for us? Can you repeat your question? They didn't hear you. What's the difference between fear of the Lord and being scared of the world? Okay. Fear of the Lord or of the world. Fear of the Lord. No, and what she's saying is. Fear of the Lord and scared. Scared of the Lord. Scared of the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Is, there a, is there a difference? Is there, is there a similarity? Yes, absolutely. So now absolutely. I will I will I will throw that question to uh, those that are trained before we answer it in our own uh, way. I want one of the Sunday school uh you leaders to, to to throw in some things there before we So where are the CEU leaders? Uh, CEU leaders before we call us the lioness. So, oh, good. The CEU leader is there. God bless what you do. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, Pressy, so fear, fear of the Lord, yeah. They keep saying it in the Bible, and it simply means being in awe of him. Simply meaning like, you know how that some of your mates in school, they can, they can use any slang, they can say anything, they can say things, they can use the F word and things like that. And it's not bad in itself, it's because they feel they can do anything they want. But fear of the Lord for you would be that, you know you can say those things, but you're choosing not to say it. You're choosing to... You're choosing to separate yourself because you're a special person. You're God's masterpiece. Whereas scare, in, 
I know why you're asking the two questions. Fear does look like scare. Are we being, are we being told to be scared of God? We're not being told to be scared of God. The word fear that was used there, I'm sure the pastors will tell us the Hebrew and the Greek word, but I'm sure what the, the word fear is the or, because in those days, precious, people can't just go to church. They call churches temples. They can't just go there to go worship God. They have to go through priests. They have to bring goats and um, all sorts of things so that they can talk to God. So everybody, were, they were in fear of God, like fear of his holiness, because nobody could behold him. But when Jesus came, he removed that um, third person. Now we can come before his throne. We can make mistakes and come to him and say, Dad, I'm sorry. It's that simple. So we are, it's fear, we are not afraid of him, but we are, we, are, we are acknowledging, we are bringing to our mind that He's a holy God and he doesn't like sins. So, so therefore, when I do make mistake or mess up, I should go back to him to say, Dad, I'm sorry, and make sure I don't do that again. Does that help? Yeah. Thank you, Pastor. Bravo. Thank you very much, Mami Dudu. Thank you so very much. I mean, so that before the pastor start using Hebrew and uh, Greek, Let's we speak the language that the children will understand. <laughs> but I, if there's anything I want to add to that, uh, precious, is that see, there is no fear in love. Sister Lioness mm. want to talk. Okay, I'll go, Sister Lioness. Hello, precious. How are you? Um, <clears throat> let me let me paint a picture of um, the relationship that you have with your daddy. Now. You love your dad, don't you? You do? Now, if- 100%, yeah. Yeah, yes. Because it's so magical, the love between fathers and their girls, daddies and their daughters. So it's, 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 it's an unexplainable love, right? So you love your dad. And when dad says to you, don't do anything that is wrong, you will want to honor him because you love him. And because, I, oh, are you scared of your dad? Good. Did you see the difference now? So now you love your dad. If dad says, okay, don't do this, you would honor him and, and not do it. But that doesn't mean that you're scared of him. So if you do anything wrong, you can go back to him. You can say, dad, you know, can we talk about it? I'm sorry. You know, that kind of a thing. So that's the way that I want you to see it. All right. So there's a difference between being scared and um, the fear, being scared of God, or and, and being and 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 having the fear of the Lord. All right. So let me share this scripture with you. Um, I'm I'm praying that you understand. <laughs> All right. So something happened in the book of Exodus, chapter twenty. Now, there was these people. The Israelites were supposed to meet God, well, in, so to speak, and they were so scared because they saw thunders and they saw that Moses was going to go, <clears throat> you know, he will go into this thick darkness and they don't understand what is going on there. But verse 20 of that Exodus 20 says, don't, all right, so let me read from verse 19 so that you can understand. And they said to Moses, those are the Israelites, you tell us what God, you tell us what God says and we will listen. But don't let us speak directly to, don't let God speak directly to us. If he does, we will die. Because that's what they feel. They were so scared. Hear what Moses said. 
don't be afraid, Moses said, for God has come in this way to show you his awesome power. From now on, let your fear of him keep you from sinning, from going, from doing the wrong things, right? So the fear of God should keep us away from doing the wrong thing as opposed to being scared. Yeah, praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you for all the all the mothers in the house that help our our little precious. Now I'll just just round you up with uh, from where mommy you do hand. I want to picture this precious hand over back when I was like when I was little like you. Now every time in the school in those days they use what we call dozier i think daddy will tell you more about it it's not now they just put say you have dozier <laughs> that dozier have so many things how you did the mass in english in this in this and that's a particular one that your your how you, how playful you are how these things and <laughs> so now about the other one about the subjects getting 100 mass and english and all of that i don't have problem with that by god i always do very well by god's grace but that bit that uh, too playful that's that this word that he used to write about me too now you may look at me and I say this again but i was very playful then and my dad hated it but I so much, I don't want him to see that thing. So each time we now have that big dose, yeah. So when they give us about five and tear it and give it to us simply together, I always find a way of removing that part. Now, that is like, it's because of the discipline I know that I might get from him. And also because of the respect and love that I have for him. And I know the question is going to ask me and all of that. So I do all of that. So that's the same way we deal with, uh, with God. That's what it means because we love our God. He loved us and we know we loved him. Now it's not going to like, you know, my dad just like that name. He wouldn't do anything. But when he sees those things there, that even though you are doing very well in this area, but that thing that you did there, he might say, ah, no, come on, friend. don't be doing this. On that. So you don't want that. So you actually know the consequence of that. So you, in a way, you know, man, do things in a way that it doesn't give you that kind of report where they write in your dossier that uh, this, uh, pre- all you want to see in your dossier, Precious is a good girl. She dances well. She can she can do gymnastic. She can do, that's all you want to see. Then daddy will be so happy. So now the reason why you are doing that is because you have reference, because you love daddy and daddy loves you. You don't want anything that will, daddy will look and say, precious, why are you doing this? So you don't want that. So that's why you now do that. So that is what they call fear of the Lord. So we do those things just because we know he loved us and we also love him. And we don't want anything that will hurt him, that he'll be thinking, ah, what, what have I done wrong here? So that is exactly what that means, okay? God bless you, precious. Yes, thank you, everybody. Uh, those those were, were wonderful contribution. Uh, just to say uh, to you, precious, um, uh, just take an example of a little child that the parents will just uh, uh, tell tell him or tell the child off, and the child, as children, you, you they will say, "You're not my friend. You're not my friend." But um, if you try taking that child away from the parent, you see that child will run back to the parent. The person that is there is not my friend. He will run back to the person again because that child has love for the parent. He has respect for the parents. Those two, those two things 
are, are found in one. He has respect. The respect he has for the parents is not the respect that, that we, we, do, we do not look at God as a, a big man up there that, we, that has a big cane that is ready to flog us at any time. No, God, God is not like that. We respect him, he loves us, and anytime we come to him, he's ready to, 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 to welcome us. He's ready to attend to our needs. And so that is, that is that. So we go back to the to the this thing where you say the same should be our aspiration. The word translated accepted, which means well pleasing, is used in several other places in, in the New Testament. And in each of those references, and each of those references help, helps us better understand what it is to please the Lord. So what is it to please the Lord? What is it that is pleasing to God? When we present our bodies to him as a living sacrifice, let's turn to Romans 12, Romans 12, quickly. Let's turn to Romans 12, verse one. Pastor, can you bring it? Romans 12. Hello? Pastor? I'm, I'm, I'm getting it up. Okay. Uh, can I go ahead and read it? Yes, please. Yes. Uh, okay. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that, you're, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do yes. not, should I go on? Uh, yeah, yeah, go on. Okay. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. Amen. So you see, you see what is pleasing to God that we present our bodies unto him as a living sacrifice. We live life we, by the grace of God, we live to please him. We, we, we obey his word, we keep to his word, we, we avoid, we, we live our life in order to please God. We, we don't sort of uh, do something that is contrary to his word, live, live in sin, but we keep out of sin. That is pleasing God with our bodies. Another thing that pleases God is when we live to help others, avoid causing them to stumble. When we, when we do not, when we do not stand as a stumbling block in the way of others, to cause them to sin against God. And third, when we separate ourselves from every, every evil around us, so. When we separate ourselves from sin, we keep ourselves away from sin. We try, we, it, is not, it is not by our own effort, but by the grace of God, by the spirit of God that is in us, that is able to make us to live such life that is pleasing to God. For it's when we bring our offering to him, you see, 
You see, when we bring our offering to God, God is pleased. God is pleased with our offering when we bring it to Him. Yeah. So we should know that anytime you are bringing your offering to God, God is well pleased. When we when children submit to their parents, so children. In Colossians 3.20, the Bible says we should, children should submit to their parents, obey their parents. The same way we are children of God, we, ought, we have to submit to God because that is pleasing in God's sight. Submitting to God means doing what God has commanded us to do, living every day for God and for his own glory. Six, when we permit Jesus, to work out his perfect will in our lives. Yes, this is very important. When we permit Jesus, when we do not live to ourselves, when we do not do anything out of our own wisdom, out of our own understanding, out of our own strength, but we seek him first and ask, what is your will, Father? What do you want me to do? This thing, I want to embark on this. Do I, should I go or should I not? You seek God's will for, for, for Jesus to work out his perfect will in our lives. Uh, praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, thank you, sir. I just wanted to add just to, uh, just, uh, just, uh, just add a little bit to those uh, four and five. Let's start with five first. He said, when should they submit to their parents? Now, we also add to that one. If you read uh, what Brother Paul said in Ephesians 6, he says, children will be your parents in the Lord. He said, for this is right. So what I want to add to that one is also in the Lord, in the Lord, in the Lord. Because, you know, in the education system that we have, we see so many things. We've seen uh, parents that are asking children to go and do uh, things that are unheard of, impossible, and uh, things that are against the will of God and against the society. So that is where we have to say, obey your parents in the Lord. Now, it doesn't mean that they disobey their parents, but we just need to have that bit, that obey your parents in the Lord. Okay. Right. The other thing I want to also add is in the part four, in the, quest, in the four one is, he said, when we bring our offerings to God. Now, I also want to ask, when we bring our offerings to God in faith. Yeah, that key, that key, those things, those two, those things that we had to eat, they are quite powerful, like in faith. Because sometimes when you bring something to the Lord, just bring it. Now, it's easy. People see people outside that are begging, and you can easily give them something. So when we talk about in faith, because if you read the Bible, the ones that provoke response in the heavenlies are the ones that are brought in faith. Just think about Abraham. He said, bring your child, your only child, your only child. So he has to do it, he has to do it in faith in the sense that he has to believe that, you know what, even though he's the one that give me this thing, if I give it, what is the one that give me the first place, if I give it back to him, he said he believed that he's able to raise him. And so he's also confirming one of the characters of God that is ever, ever, forever faithful. So the key word then also that I want to add to it is in faith. In faith meaning that, what is the Lord telling you? about that giving. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor. Yes, sir. So, we appear, we must, we must all appear 
as it's used in the in the listen in the context that we we the context here it means to appear or is is to be made manifest or it means to be laid bare stripped of every outward pretense of respectability and openly reveal the full and true reality of one's character that is that is what that appear means. It means to turn one inside out, if it is possible to, and Christ searching every part in, on the inside, making, revealing every secret thing that is hidden. That is to, it means to appear. Because we shall, as the Bible says, we shall all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So as we appear, everything, every secret sin in our life shall be made open, shall be revealed. All our hypocrites are and hypocrisies and concealments, all our secrets, intimate sins of thoughts, of thoughts and deed will be open to the scrutiny of Christ. All these thoughts we have had, everything we have ever done in life, those things we do and we, and we, and we, and we, and we thought that nobody, nobody saw us. But the Christ, God, God's, God is, is seeing you. As you do all those things, God is seeing all those things, all those evil things that you do. So all those things will be judged, all those things will be brought to light at the judgment seat of Christ. So Paul was ambitious for the Lord because he wanted to meet him with confidence and not shame. So Paul is someone that is ambitious for the Lord. Someone that knows that anything he does in secret will be made open and the judgment seat. He will not, if he, if he did something that was wrong, he will not have that confidence to face him at the judgment seat. So he was ambitious. So he, had, he, he, he kept himself. He obeyed the word of God and he kept himself. He did the right thing so that he will be confident on that day to face him, to face him and not be ashamed. Next slide. The judgment seat of Christ is the future event when Christ's people will stand before the Savior as their works are judged and rewarded and rewarded. Romans, Romans 14, eight to 10. Can somebody open it please? I know and I am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Yet, if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one 
for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, yeah. I you read a different place. Yeah. Okay, I thought you said 14. 14, 8 to 10. Oh, 8 to 10. Yeah. I'm so yeah. sorry. For if we live, we live to the Lord. Uh -huh. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Mm. For to this end, Christ died and rose and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Of Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible says we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We shall, our work shall be judged. So we, if we, if we know that our work shall be judged, what ought what sort of manner of people do we have to be? See, the judgment, stay there, please, Pastor. The judgment seat of Christ must not be confused with the great white throne judgment, where Christ will judge the wicked one. This great white throne judgment is totally different from the judgment seat of Christ. This, is, this throne is where where the where everybody will be judged, where those ones the sinners will be judged. The white the judgment seat of Christ, they are already saved, they are believers. But today, everything the it is to, to uh, for God to give reward to them for all the good things they have done, whether it be bad or or evil. But as for being saved. They are already in the kingdom of God. They are already saved. But this great white throne judgment is a general judgment that everybody will face. Next, please. Next one, Pastor. The judgment seat of Christ will be one, a place of revelation. So the judgment seat of Christ will be a place of revelation. The word appear means to reveal. As we live and walk here on earth, it is relatively easy for us to hide things and pretend. But the character of our works will be exposed before the searching eyes of the Savior. So one, it's a place of revelation. He will reveal whether our works have been good or bad. That's worthless. Two, it is a place of reckoning. As we give an account of our ministries, that is a place we give account of our ministries. And thirdly, it's a place of reward and recognition. So everything that we have done, we receive, if we have done good things, it will, we will be rewarded and we will, we will be recognized for those who have been faithful, for those of us 
that will be faithful, that have been faithful, it is a place of reward and recognition. And fourth one, is a, it is a place of rejoicing for those who have been faithful as we glorify the Lord by giving our rewards back to him in praise and in worship. It, it, it will be a place of rejoicing. You see, anybody, if you win a, a million pounds today, you'll be full of joy, you'll be rejoicing. It, it will be a place of rejoicing because of what the Lord has done for us. It will be a place where we praise God and where we worship him for all the things that he has done for us. Question for discussion. Is the, is the desire for reward a proper motive for Christian, Christian service? So let, let's discuss. Is, is the desire for reward a proper motive for Christian service? Is that the motive for Christian service? Let's, let us discuss. I think before we, as we go on to discussion, we need to clarify who is doing the reward. So it's like, for example, he, he, might, he might serve well and give you some plugs and praise you in the church. And that's a reward from people. Your, your head office might praise you, that's a reward. Or are we talking about reward of the 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 payment seat, the judgment seat of Christ. So we have to so we clarify that area so that we can, yeah. But I want to suggest that these questions means, if I'm right, it means that is yes, for a reward from the payment seat of Christ, yes. a motive for Christian service. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So right. So just since we clarify, so we can now discuss it. Sorry, Pastor, I didn't hear you. Could you say that again? I think uh, elders uh, that been have clarified it, that the reward we are talking about now is the reward at the Bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ. So that's the, that's the reward we're talking about. It's not the reward you get here on this earth from people, from accolades, or from uh, your employers, or as the case may be. Okay, what is the reward for the judgment seat? Uh, so, the re mm -hmm. are we talking? No, no, I think we are trying to add one more layer to that question without answering this one. So, let's answer this one first, then that will be another layer. Otherwise, we'll leave that, this one and not answer that one. So, this one's a very good one. Sorry, so I was still trying to clarify the reward. So is this reward we are talking about the um going to spend eternity with Christ? Is that what we're talking about? Okay, so I understand your question now. The question now is I think they've said it before that that is the judgment seat of Christ, that's the judgment of the nations, and that's the great white throne judgment. So those that have made it to this particular point, they've already, they are not, they are not condemned. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe will, will not perish, but have everlasting life. So they've escaped that perishing part. So this one is 
what do you when you accept Christ now? What is what do you do with all the the thing the Lord gave you? Your life, your time, everything is giving you the ability, the talent. Then the things you do, what are the motives behind it? And we, there are so many things that people will say. Number one, one of the things we see is that we have crowns. So we have crowns, different crowns and different things like that. So those are the reward. But this reward we're talking about is not that one you once you get to this point, you already escape eternal damnation. Is that clear, man? Yes, sir. Good. I'm glad I'm glad. So <laughs> Right, so we can now discuss this. So what we are saying is that, but the only thing that we see onto this is that, I don't know if people can still ask so many things. See, the fact that personally, this is the way I, those days, this is where I think about it. The fact that I made it to this point and I can see Jesus, personally is a reward for me. That I can see Jesus. Ah, it's like, I don't want to. I don't want to use similitude. You know, some people will just say that if they could, if some managers in football, uh, the Vaticans will tell you that that they could get to the Champions League final. That will be the top of their CV. That I could get to see Jesus Himself. Ah, that's the biggest reward. But then, as Christians, once you keep growing, you won't start thinking more than that. Because the way it works is this: you are saved. To become part of the kingdom. And when you get to part of the kingdom, there must be an input. That's a part that you were born. We all existed from eternity past. And when it comes, you should have just, any of us could have come in the time of Abraham. And you have those big beards and you are working with stick. Because we existed from eternity past. But when it comes to the right time that God wants to use it to do something for his kingdom, then you come to this world. So it is not a chance of an accident or maybe your parents got excited. That's why you were born. No. So you were born at the particular time because the time has come for you to come and fulfill part of the kingdom. So now, when you now, but you don't fulfill those, most of those things until you get born again. But when you now get born again, do you now pursue that thing when the Lord revealed it to you? And when you pursue it, those are the kind of reward we now talk, we now talk about. So when you now pursue those things, and the justification and the reason behind it, then you get a reward for them because that is what you were born to do. That is your own contribution as part of the kingdom of the Lord Jesus. Amen. I'm just giving background. I'm not answering the question, just background to the question. Sister Lioness. <laughs> um, the way that I see the question, I think is in, two, is in two parts for me. All right, so to follow up on what Pastor has said, and to answer a part of it, yes, seeing Jesus is a very great reward. But then, for the mere fact that we didn't die at the point that we gave our life to Christ, there will be works, there will be service. So automatically, there will be a reward for it. Um, and I think reward too is part of the driving force, mm. you know, for us as Christian. Apart of, apart from the fact that we're going to see the Lord. All right, so there's a scripture that kept coming to my heart when this question popped up, was that Jesus said, um, come and I will make you. So two things, come first, dwell with me, learn my ways. I am lowly, I am meek. And then when they, it was until when they re had a relationship with him, stayed with him, then he sent them out. So say, for instance, you had a baby. Now you can't send the baby 
an errand when the, the boy or the girl is one month or mm. two months. <laughs> you can't say, okay, go and pick me that thing. But as soon as they grow, you know, and they can walk, they can pick things. Oh, can you pass me that? So that's a service. And, you know, <laughs> so I think for me, it's two things, you know, mm. following mm. what I said. So, yeah. So I think it's, it's still, is the right motive okay. because reward is attached to service is reward is attached to service anyway okay. and that will be service okay thank you very much my god bless you thank we, you we have a few people that put their hands up so let's once we get on let's quickly do it one minute one minute one minute for 30 seconds let's go for uh, is that okay pastola yes sir sister Iberia. okay let's go for sister Iberia very quickly yeah. praise the lord hallelujah, hallelujah. Um, um, Thinking about it, the, the desire for a reward, for reward a proper is, is the reward, is the desire for reward a proper motive for Christian service. Um the what comes to my mind is this: if if, for instance, the first thing I would say, maybe no, but thinking about it critically, I would say yes, because whatever we do in life, we do it for a purpose. The question is, is it the, the purpose, is it right or wrong? For example, we are now on a 30-day journey. We are fasting. fasting. What, why are we doing the fasting? Are we just doing it for doing sake or there is a reward for this fasting? So we know that we are, we are doing it to grow spiritually. We are doing it for, for so many reasons, for good motives. So I feel that a proper reward, that is a, there is a reward. Um, a proper motive for Christian service, there's always a reward, and that is a proper motive. So whatever we do in, in life, there is a reward for it. So as Christians, the way we are growing, the way we are doing things, it, it, is, it is good. There should be a reward. So we having the desire for that reward is a proper motive. That's my contribution. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Do we have anyone else with hands up? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. A scripture came to my mind, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is now seated at the throne of Christ. So if Jesus could endure the cross because something was set before him, I mean, we should always, all, I mean, the motive behind us doing things will drive us very well so it's 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 a good motive hmm. amen amen yeah. okay. anyone else uh, yes sir praise god sorry um, I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not convinced but i don't know why okay <laughs> yeah, yeah praise god before I, I, mean, I don't know why but i just don't feel like i don't know i don't know why but Okay, the answer about can, what? We can continue with it. <laughs> okay, praise God. The, the answer yeah. is seen in the next slide. Okay, praise the God. The answer to that Alleluia. is seen in the next slide. All the all these things everybody has said is is correct. So the the question here is is the desire for reward the main the main motive? If I may change that proper this the main the motive. Is, the answer is yes. For Christian this thing. So the, the this thing says that the fact that God 
does promise reward. Reward is a proof that the motive is not a sinful one. Even though it may not be the highest motive, it is not the highest motive. The important thing is that the reward itself. The important thing is not the reward itself, itself, but the joy of pleasing Christ and honoring him. Praise the Lord. So, so it's, it's not about the reward itself, but it's also good. But the main thing is pleasing Christ and honoring him. The joy of pleasing him and honoring him. In addition, to, in addition to that, in addition to receiving reward, in addition to the reward being the motive, in addition to that, the joy of pleasing Christ and honoring him mm. is also the main motive. Okay. Praise God. Yeah. Hallelujah. I think that would be a very good place for us to round you off for tonight because we need time for prayers. That's what I wanted to say since then. Because you remember... It's prayer and fasting. So we, if, if that's okay, uh, that would be nice. Yeah, and, that's okay. Uh, thank you so much. Sir. But before we go on to that, uh, if that's okay with everybody and Pastor La, uh, Sister uh, Mission, please, can you, uh, I want to clarify that particular one that you, you're saying, man. Pastor, can I say something before she answers? Yeah, so yeah, can, go on. All the, all the whole thing you mentioned. Yeah. What do you want to uh, say? He's saying the joy and the, the, to serve God. It's all those that motivate you. In everything you do in life, there is something, a focus point you are looking yeah. at. Mm. And where is that place you are looking at? It's Jesus. So yeah. that is the right, proper motivation of doing anything you're doing. Anyone is doing. Is that focus point, that point, where does it point? Jesus Christ. Christ. That is it. Mm. From Thank my you. own, that is anything at all, including the one you say in the church. People give you your from the head office, the organization, all of them is still pointing because you are doing that one, and they want to say thank you for doing that thing mm. you are doing. That is the way I see it. Thank you very much. I think, in, in a way, everybody is uh, we, we're all right in uh, the, the part, but I like what you finish with, Major, and that is what I, I want us to also finish with tonight to conclude. It's all about Jesus looking up to Jesus. If uh, this is to me, or I don't know anybody, if if they give me, I know somebody's asked a question about this. If I have heaven and Jesus, which one do I want to be? I want Jesus. But thank God that Jesus is going to be there. But if Jesus is not there, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to go there. My reward myself is Jesus. 